I see it is you've got two choices. You can either keep pretending like nothing bad's ever gonna happen to you, and then when it does, you're saying, uh-oh, or you can get ahead of what's coming so that when it does, not if, you're ready for it, and you're sitting pretty, sipping on Mai Tais next to the pool, working on that Caribbean suntan, because you got it covered. So folks, it's time for you to learn the truth about money. It's time for you to take back control of your money so that you are ready for what's about to happen. By doing that, you're setting yourself up for absolute success. No matter what comes your way, you're ready for it. And that's what I want for you, and I wanna help you with that. So go to chrisnoggle.com and sign up for the Wealth Webinar. We do them every Wednesday at 1 p.m., and you need to be there because it's time. For over 90 years, we've been crash testing our cars in the tireless pursuit of automotive safety. At Volvo, safety's been first since 1927. We've saved millions of lives with the invention of the three-point seatbelt in 1959. At Volvo, we've made driving safer for you and them. Visit safety.finlayvolvo.com to learn more. So they say if you give a man a gun, he'll rob a bank. But if you give a man a bank, he'll rob everybody. The good news for you is Private Money Club runs solely on peer-to-peer -peer relationships, which means no banks allowed. So finally, there's a community for real estate entrepreneurs where it is truly a win-win solution. This community is a place where you can connect with other lenders and other borrowers, and the end results, massive growth for you. You get to build your real estate empire, and you get to do it solving other people's problems. So if that sounds like a place you want to be, well then join us. Go to privatemoneyclub.com forward slash Kelly. And if you want 500 bucks off, just add the code Kelly500 and I'll knock 500 bucks off the premier membership. We'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast where attitude is everything. If you're listening to the show, you're going to hear my <laughs> smile. If you're watching the show, you're going to feel and you're going to see my smile. And when I say it, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. The champ is here today. The champ is here. Mr. Clint Sparks, I generally don't read a, a bio, but I told him that I had to read his because honestly, it, it, it floored me. I woke up this morning like it was Christmas and I could not wait. I shook my wife this morning. I was like, yo, I'm going to spend time with uh, Clinton. And she was like, yeah, baby, I, I, I got up at- uh, No, no, five. no. She was like, she was like, okay, cool. Why are you waking me up? Who's that? <laughs> Clinton, I tell you, I woke up at 5.30 this morning. I rode my bike. I went to the beach. I was reading. I was writing. I've been rehearsing. And I just have to get this going. So Clinton Sparks, an entrepreneur, investor, executive, author, and marketing maven disguised as a Grammy-nominated multi-platinum DJ, producer, and songwriter originally from Boston, Massachusetts. We won't hold it against him because we like the Oilers and the Titans. Uh, Clinton is a Grammy-nominated multi-platinum record producer and publisher responsible for selling over 75 million records. He has won BMI, uh, BMI Songwriter Awards with his uh, C Sparks Entertainment Inc. company, as well as a recipient of the AS, I might mess this up, CAP. ASCAP. There we go. ASCAP uh, Music Awards with DJ uh, Snake, who he discovered and signed as part of his Get Familiar Music uh uh, publishing sparks has written and produced hit songs for multi-platinum recording artists such as get this lady gaga beyonce rick ross diddy 
Pitbull, Ludacris, Big Sean, Akon, and 2 Chains. Clinton has been shaping and shifting the hip-hop culture for, uh, for almost 20 years, from introducing it to the E-Network audience, where he was an on-air personality for five years, to building his own worldwide syndicated radio show in over 22 markets. Clinton has always been at the forefront of merging and colliding cultures. His ability to forecast trends while being able to fluently speak and weave amongst different industries has given Clinton the advantage to garner tremendous success for himself, brands, companies, and the talent he works with. Please welcome to the show, the champ, Mr. Clinton Sparks. If you were this, if, look, if you were this excited, there would be an audience there with an applause. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know which uh, which uh, uh, button it is, but there's an applause, man. But the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is this, and I told you this when we first uh, jumped on, man. I got to see you at Tim's Story Live. Big shout out to uh, to Tim. He's an amazing man. But mm -hmm. I said there was a light in the room, and that light in the room wasn't shining just on you. You were shining on every other person. You allowed yourself to be small to let other people be big. How did you learn this, man? And, you know, help us to understand where, where that comes from. I didn't know I was doing that. So it's not intentional and it's not an act. So if that's something that you seen coming from me or me delivering, then it was just innately a part of who I am. Um, so if I was shining a light on other people, I've always been a team player. I've always wanted to uplift and put the spotlight on other people. Um, and so if that's what happened in, in your experience, then that's just who I am. And it's not intentional or I'm not doing it to make people feel that way about me. It's just who I am. And I appreciate the, the kind words. That was nice of you to say that. Well, it's, it's not just words, uh, Clinton, because it was something that I felt and I watched you. I, I, I got to watch when you didn't know I was watching. I watched you interact. Mm -hmm. I watched you walk into the room. It wasn't about you. The room could have been just completely about you. Um, let's, let's go back. I, we were talking right before we started recording, too, that, you know, the 50-year anniversary of hip-hop. And yep. you said something to me that hit me because this was, this was something that helped me to... Um, be okay. Mm -hmm. And what will talk, talk about that? Yeah. So what I was saying to you is the reason that I have the confidence with walking my own path and, you know, doing the things that I want to do despite other people believing in it or supporting it. Um, well, there's two reasons. The main reason is because trial and error, case studies, and, and going through life and figuring out the formula that works, right? It's not my formula, it's the formula uh, that, that can work for everybody if they figure it out. Uh, when, but in order to figure that out, you have to remove ego uh, and, and a lot of other things you need to remove too in order to figure that out. Because you'll say, why would I do that? I'm gonna follow your way or I'm gonna listen to you or you think you have the answers? Like. It's not my answers, bro. It's the answers that I'm just trying to share with you. Uh, but if you if you see that it's coming through the vessel of me, so therefore your ego won't allow you to receive it, uh, then that's going to be your bad for a very long time. Uh, but the reason I was able to, at 15 years old, kind of start walking my own path, uh, you know, unapologetically, was uh, De La Souls, Me, Myself, and I, song and video. Uh, prior to that, I always kind of felt like 
a loser and a misfit and an oddball and I didn't fit in and like, I, you know, because from my um, my upbringing and not having guidance and my father not being around and and whatnot. But that's another story. But when I watched that video, I was always trying to figure out like, who am I? What am I? Because I didn't have anybody showing me or teaching me or helping me figure that out. So when I watched that video, me, myself and I, which you know the song, and if anybody doesn't know it, I suggest you get familiar with De La Soul, <laughs> me, myself and I. Um, but it was that song and that video where they were kind of acting as if they were three oddballs in the video, which technically they are, right? In, in real life and in, in musically, they were definitely like original people doing something that no one else was doing that felt very weird and odd with the flowers and the hippie movement and everything. But um, in the video, they were like three kids in school that nobody really like understood and they didn't fit in and they were just still okay with being me, myself and I. Um, and like, dude, it impacted me so much that I had, I combed my hair the same way with a slant that Pasta News did. And like, you know, I'd be wearing purple pants and a, and a green shirt and like a handkerchief on my head and one sock over my pants and like multicolored sneakers, like from 15 on, you can ask anybody in high school back then they would think I was weird. As we got older, they all look back and say like, man, it was awesome how you were just you and you didn't care. And like, if any kids ever listen to this or listen to me, you know, everybody always says things will work out. Everything's okay in the end, but you can't put an old head on young shoulders. Mm -hmm. And a lot of like kids feel like their world is so small that they feel like when like this one little thing's going wrong, their whole world is falling apart. Right. And this applies to adults too, because you build such a kind of isolated world that if these two things are going wrong in your world, you feel your whole world's collapsing. But the world is much bigger than that little world that you just developed. And, you know, when I was a kid, if someone didn't like me, which is always going to be some punks that like, you know, talk shit to me or like don't like the way I dress or, you know, uh, you know, I lived in black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods and I got the worst from both. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, and learned the best from both as well. But um, I was always too kind of white for the black kids and too black for the white kids when I was coming up. So again, I didn't really fit in. Uh, but what I will say is that nothing really matters, man. None of that shit matters. It, it doesn't have any uh, relevance to your future. It's, it's not anybody that talks shit or anyone that doesn't believe in you or anyone that doesn't like you. It doesn't fucking matter, man. Like it really doesn't matter. Cause it's not, it's not the world's goal to figure out how to like you. It's your goal to figure out who you want to connect to and who you like and who deserves to be around you and in your world. And you should never change your world to fit into somebody else's. Develop your world that makes you happy and then go find a tribe that fits <laughs> into your world because there's other people out there just like you. Even if they're not in your neighborhood and your school right now, you will find them. And with the internet, it's so much easier to find people uh, that are into the same thing as you. But look, man, uh, there's a saying like, um, uh, everything will work out in the end. If it didn't work out, then it's not the end. Uh, and, and if you apply that to your life, uh, then you'll realize like, man, and look, I, I didn't know this at that age. That's why I'm sharing it now. It took me a long time to realize like, really, none of this shit matters, man. If something doesn't work out, oh, well, something else will. Like if someone doesn't believe in you, oh, well, somebody else will. And by the way, nobody, nobody matters more than you. 
uh, believing in yourself. And if others don't believe in you, then th that's, that's their bad. That's, it's not your job to convince people that you're great. It's, it, it's just be great. And if the right people will recognize it, then they understand great. And those that don't, that's their fault for not understanding that you're fucking great. So when, when people see you now, they see this, I mean, overwhelming confidence, not in a uh, egotistical way, anything like that. But Clinton, it was, it was amazing for me because I think a lot of times people look at a person like you and they're like, man, if I could just get that kind of confidence, but he doesn't realize all the things that have happened to me in my life and that I'm going through and things like that. It's not like you have not taken blows in life. And you talked about it in, uh, at, at, uh, Tim story live and, it was so amazing because you talked about it in a light that was a little bit different. Some of the challenges that you had growing up that really kind of shaped you as you went too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, I started thinking to myself, like I've been sharing my story for, you know, a few years now. And I started thinking to myself, like, does it, I'm always, I've always been on the fence about sharing my life story. Right. And even when I was coming up in hip hop, um, I never talked about, you know, being a stone cold criminal. I never talked about, you know, I used to rob houses, steal cars, stick people up, do credit card scams. Like I was pretty legit criminal when I was a teenager uh, and I'm not proud of it, which is why I never talked about it, right? It wasn't because I was, I was selfish and I wanted more things to show off online. It wasn't because I wanted to brag. It was really survival, right? I, I didn't have anything. Uh, so I figured out how to get things in not the right way. Uh, which I inevitably was able to take that skill and make it the right way. Um, but I never talked about that. I never talked about my dad's alcoholism and never talked about my sexual abuse for many years in my house. And I never did that. One, I never talked about my, my criminal life because I thought it was whack, right? But, but you and I both know if I talked about it coming up in hip hop, I would have got stripes for that, right? <laughs> but, like, but I wasn't proud of it. So I'm not going to go use something that I think is whack, even if it benefits me. It's whack. Right. So um, I never talked about that. And then I didn't talk about my sexual abuse until 2014 when I was uh, commissioned to create a song for an anti-bullying campaign <clears throat> with uh, Deutsch Worldwide and a company called uh, Gelderma. And part of the process was receiving letters from people that were bullied to inspire me to write the song with a band called the Mowgli's. Um, and when I was reading these letters, it was breaking my heart. And then I realized maybe if I, if I talk to these people and write something or let it be known that I went through the same thing as them and look how I turned out, it would be, you know, inspirational or motivational for them. So I did. And that was the beginning of doing that. And man, it's, I, I can't tell you all the great things you said about me, like the awards, the accolades, the accomplishments, like, sure, that's cool. But I get way more, I mean, way more response and interaction and engagement over life stuff and people being inspired or motivated from the things that I talk about or the game that I try to give to help other people or the blueprint that I share to success or whether that's in business or just kind of self-growth, right? Um, and, you know, get overcoming trauma. Um, so, sorry, I just seen a spider on my camera and it distracted <laughs> me. <laughs> um, but it, a little baby spider's crawling down. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I lost my train of thought, but, um, 
No, I mean, sharing your story, I think, is, is so amazing. Oh, yeah. Let's go Let's go to UPS, because when I'm uh, doing, doing research on I mean, anyone out there that doesn't know who Clinton Sparks is, and if you're not listening to the uh, Win Big podcast, it is unbelievable what you're doing, man. Unbelievable. But also, too, man, like seeing uh, there, there's a story about UPS and, uh, you know, something bad that happened that actually turned into something that was probably one of the greatest things that could have happened for you. Yeah. So, you know, when I was a criminal and I, I turned 19 and um, somebody in my life, the only man that I kind of respected in my life um, called me a loser. Um, it really had a big impact on me. And overnight, I applied that same effort and focus into doing wrong, into finding a good job. Uh, so the job that I found was UPS and I was working there for four years, uh, loading the trucks in the morning. Let me tell you my schedule. Let me tell you how much of a workaholic I've been my whole career, right? Like how much I was focused at hustling. So when I got a job, I would work from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. at UPS. Then I would deliver overnight packages from eight to noon. Then I would leave that job and I'd go to another job delivering newspapers in a truck from one to four. Then I'd go home, I'd eat, and then I'd make beats from like six to like midnight. So like I lived on like three, four hours of sleep a day for years, right? Um, and that's just like, that's, that's it's the tiniest pin drop of the things that I've done to become successful at what I've done. Or to be, as you said, to have, um, I guess, confidence or, you know, being sure at like what I'm doing or thinking or how I'm moving uh, because I've, I've lived 10 lives. You know what I mean? And like, I've been around everything my whole life. Like when I was young, you know, my mom, we had lesbians and gay dudes living in our house. We had Latinos and blacks and whites and everybody around my house. And like, you know, we were super broke. And then I was, when my mom sent me to my dad at 15, cause I was getting arrested too many times. I finally seen what the suburbs looked like and what like a family life was like. Like I traveled the world. I've done, I've done so many things that I understand the psychology and how to communicate amongst so many different cultures and translate between them. So like, you know, I had a guy like a, a cross dresser in my house when I was 12, you know what I mean? So like nothing was weird to me. Like everything was this, we were all just the same people just wanting to be loved, wanting to be heard, wanting to have an opportunity. Everything's the same. If you, and if you get in the way of realizing that by looking at someone's color or gender or religion or even mistakes, then like really you're the problem. You know what I'm saying? So I realized that at a young age and that's what's enabled me to kind of understand and listen and care about the world and the people in it to be able to move in a way that when I do things, there's all it stems in the nucleus is care. If there's nothing to do with helping others or uplifting or does better for the world, then I'm not really into it. Right. So and, and I've always kind of been that everything I've done my whole career has been helping other people. I mean, if I got paid for everybody that I've helped become successful, I'd be a billionaire with how many people like I've helped from major companies to superstars, um, you know, from the DJ Khaled's to the Rick Ross, to the DJ snakes, to like the E networks, to the yahoos, to like all these companies that like I've consulted or I've given advice or, or whatnot to like, 
just because I care about people in the culture. Now, from a business level, you'd be like, well, that's kind of dumb. You should have had a contract and did it. Well, I was still figuring out life. I was going through college, if you will, right? So like my college was free because I just went out to life, right? And, and so I, I don't think I could even go to college and learn anything, you know, unless I was going to be a scientist or a lawyer to learn laws and stuff. But like, I don't, I, I learned from the world. And if basically you go to school to learn how to go out to the world, I learned <laughs> from the world. So like I could actually teach the school, do you know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to like going to school and then coming back to the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's how I operate. And, and that's, that's a big uh, attribution to why I'm successful and why I'm on shows like yours. So Clinton, you grew up, uh, you, you were born in 75, right? And, and, uh, Oh, you we, know what? I didn't even freaking sorry, man. What's that? This spider is really distracting me. Right? <laughs> you can, you can knock I it off. I don't kill, I don't kill things. <laughs> right. And, and well, job, you can carry it to work. another place if you want to Clinton. So anyways, I know you're applying for the UPS. So real quick for those that are like, all right, yeah. dude, so what happened to UPS? So I was working there for four years. I went full time. I was carrying an 85 pound package up some stairs, makeshift stairs at this construction site. The staircase collapsed. Um, I hurt my knee and my back and I ended up having to get spinal surgery. Um, so when that, when that happened, I've been doing music since I was 10, but back then, unlike now becoming successful in music was like, that's not real. You know what I mean? Now everybody thinks they can be famous tomorrow, but like when we were younger, that was like, you don't become famous with music. This isn't a real thing, right? So when I got hurt, I'm like, man, I have, I didn't graduate high school. I can't do hard labor anymore. Like I have to make this music thing that I've been doing like locally and in my bedroom for the past like 10 years, like a real thing. So I didn't even have a plan B. I was like, I'm just gonna become a famous or not famous, but successful famousness in the sense that people want to work with me, but successful producer and, and artist. And then when that wasn't working, I realized, cause I kept producing remixes to popular songs and the local radio DJ would play my remixes and he would tell the record executives and I'd hear him on the phone. So you should listen to my boy Clinton Sparks remix of your, you know, Brandy record or your 112 record. Right. And, uh, and they'd be like, Oh yeah, cool. Hey man, you're going to play my song. And I was like, Oh, if I become a DJ, mm. they'll all want to be my friend and then at least give me a courtesy listen because they need me. That is when I realized the value of becoming a value prop. Uh, so from there on end, all I did was build up me and my brand so strong and valuable that everybody wanted to work with me for some reason or another. And I never had to call people to work to get stuff what I needed from them. And, and what happens is if you're patient and you care enough to build authenticity and a real relationship and network, even though in the back of my mind, the end goal was to build a powerful network that I had unlimited favors or options, right? I never asked for shit, right? Mm. I was always like, what can I do? How can I help? Sure. Can you play my record this week? Not only am I going to play it, I'm going to play it three times. Really? Yeah, man. And they were like, why? Why? Because I got love for you, bro. Boom. Did that for years. Never asked for nothing. Right? Even right now, like I could probably ask everyone from Jay-Z to Puff to like anybody for anything. And they do it because I never ask. They all take my calls. You know what I mean? Because they know whenever I show up, I have an awesome idea 
or an awesome opportunity or a way for them to make money. And they also know that they trust me enough that I've vetted it out and I know what I'm talking about. And that takes time to build that kind of trust uh, with people to believe you. So when I, like just yesterday, I was talking to Ludacris about, without details, just a massive ad campaign for him and a massive company that I developed and he loved it. And they, so I'm gonna put it to paper so that we can pitch it together to that massive brand. You know what I mean? But that's like, yeah, I mean, Ludacris, just using his name for an example, when I produced a couple of records for him for his Theater of the Mind album, he literally called me and went on for 15 minutes. I'm just sitting there listening about my ability to understand people and know what they need and know what direction they should go to next and how to be able to get inside people's minds and know what's best for them, but then know how to convey that to them without them feeling like I'm trying to push them to do something because I have an agenda. So like he went on a whole spiel about that, which was like awesome to hear Ludacris say that because I was like 13 years ago and I was like, holy crap, Ludacris is saying this to me? <coughs> yeah, man. So if I didn't get hurt at UPS, I'd probably be the CEO of UPS right now. <laughs> well, you, uh, when I was saying it, you grew up in, uh, I mean, you were born in 1975. You grew up in the golden age of hip hop uh, during that time. And well, actually, our, I, was born in 70, I was born in 73. I don't know why there's oh, 73. all over the internet. Oh, there was. Like 79, okay. 75. No, me and hip hop are the same age. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you so you win the contest. You win the contest because I'm a '75 or two, and it was, our, it, was uh, it, it was it was a it, it was destiny, man. Like hip hop was made 17, 37 days before I was born. So when hip hop was born, they were like, "We need a guy that can help go. deliver it to different worlds than what." it would typically be delivered to. I mean, look, I was the first guy mixing hip hop and EDM together. I introduced hip hop to so many different cultures in hip hop culture and the artistry to so many worlds that, that didn't believe it because I was fortunate enough to be able to get in rooms that at the time hip hop couldn't get into, right? So like I could introduce it to like the white kids that didn't hear it or were afraid of it. I could introduce it to technology or like older folks that didn't get it or like, I don't like I conceived world star hip hop, which is the biggest like hip hop urban website in the world. And I literally came up with that with my boy Q based off of, man, we need to be an aggregator that goes and gets all the shit that goes on in hip hop and in the hood that white kids don't see or are too afraid to be near and then like let them see it. So it's like me understanding all these worlds and introducing it and integrating them with each other in, an, in the ultimate effort to make us all one. Cause that's all I've ever cared about from the beginning was like, if we all understand each other and care about each other and respect each other, there's no problems anymore. And I know it's an ambitious thing to think, but the only two things I cared about since I was 12, literally was to make people happy and to one day be an awesome dad. And that's oh. all I cared about. How'd you learn the, the dad part? Uh, well, it's easy in this, you know, anyone listening right now, how I learned to become a good father, um, and anyone can apply this same concept, is if you've gone through bad things in your life, or there's things that are absent from your life, or there's pain that you suffer from, or trauma that you deal with, and you know where it came from, or how it exists and why it exists, then you know exactly how not to do that to somebody else. And you know how to not make somebody else feel the same way you felt. 
So me feeling like a lonely, unloved kid, you know, because my dad wasn't around, um, I knew I never wanted anybody else to feel that way. So whether it was me becoming a great father and making sure my kids didn't feel that way, or it was understanding the hardships that other people go through um, and the trauma they may have to overcome and may not have, they may have been built differently than me. So they may not be able to get over it as easily as I can, or they may not have the same rationale to understand how to move past this the same way I can. So I just developed myself. Look, I built myself by design, not by circumstance. So the circumstances that I was in, I knew I didn't want to live my life that way. So I designed the me that I wanted to be that was not only good for me, but that would also be good for the world and the people that connect and associate with me. Clinton, earlier you said something about the- By the way, what? that's the clip you got to cut right there. That's the clip right I'm, there. I'm going to, man. I'll have that to you in, a, I'll have that to you in probably 45 minutes, man. Um, I, I, look at I just People ask me all the time, like, what do you come up with this stuff that, dude, I just wing it. If, like, it's just life. If you're just honest, you don't have to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't, you know how many things even I say, and after I say it, I'm like, ooh, that was cold. Like, and it's not because I'm like feeling myself. It's just like, man, it's coming from it. I know that I've built an authentic dude. So when like things come out of this authentic dude, I know it's authentic. And sometimes I'm stepping out of myself looking at this thing that I built, right? That's, that's outputting all of this great shit. Sometimes as like the human, I look at this thing and I say, man, that was dope. <laughs> and it's not even me. Like I, it's, it's weird. I have this weird thing where like, it's not even me, which is why I've never, which is why I don't have an ego, why I don't ever get like a big head when people say nice things to me, because like, I don't look at it as it's like me. I look at it as it's like the thing that I've built. Mm. Right. So, so that's why my emotions are removed from it. So if someone doesn't like it, I'm not upset. I look at that as like, like a product development. So I look at it, if someone doesn't like it, they're not, it's not that they don't like me because I don't really know me, right? The, the me Clinton. So it's like, they don't like something I'm doing or saying or something I put out. So it's like, all right, great. That's great data to input to see why they didn't like me or what is it about that they didn't like that I did so that I can improve on it. So hopefully it makes them like the next thing that I do or it helps other people that may feel the same way. So I've, like I said, I've always developed and built myself by design. And it's funny because even talking like that, it's so deep and complex that like someone could sit there and be like, dude, so what, you're not even a real person? Or like somebody could sit there and be like, dude, well, you know, what are you, a, a business and a robot? And you can't even like, like, dude, it's so funny. When I talk, I know the response and the feelings that everyone in the room is going to feel. So what I do is I focus on the majority that I think, think logically. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to look at, I'm going to give you a Clinton Sparks quote right okay, now. Okay, here right? we go. All right. All right. When you are the voice of reason in a room full of unreasonable people, you suddenly become the most unreasonable person in the room. So you have to realize who's in this room with you and you have to take it with a grain of salt because everyone's opinion doesn't matter on everything that you're talking about or thinking about or trying to do. You have to develop the ability to understand whose opinion matters and why, and then what you're gonna do with that information from that opinion to help improve on what it is that you're trying to do. 
Clinton, I started the podcast because of two people, my son and my daughter. Maddox is 11 years old, marches to the beat of his own drum, has a, a half head of dreads, half his head is shaved. He looks like a little warrior. Um, my daughter is an actress, and uh, she is just, I mean, the most sarcastic personality that you could ever imagine. She's 14. I did it for them because I wanted to take iconic people like the Clinton Sparks of the world and show them that there's no idols to worship, only icons to be inspired by. So what advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both their names and call yourself Uncle Clinton, it would be awesome. Maddox and McKenna? Yes, sir. Maddox and McKenna. My name is Clinton Sparks, but you know that because why would you not know who your uncle is? Um, I wanted to give you some information that will help you navigate yourself to having a happier life. And the first thing I will say is treat everybody like they're all awesome. Even if you told, were told by somebody that they're not, if you heard that they're not, or they've done something that maybe wasn't so awesome. Everybody makes mistakes and everybody's deserving of being loved, listened to, and having an opportunity. So please always care about everybody. And it starts with caring about yourself. And how you care about yourself is you find out what makes you happy don't chase the fictitious things or, you know, uh, items or things that you hear online that you need to make you happy. You figure out what makes you happy. And then once you get there, be content with the happiness that you were seeking to find. Because once you find, because you can spend the rest of your life seeking more happy. Just find the happy that makes you happy and then create a life that allows you to defend that happy. You must defend your happy. Too many people are just chasing happy for the rest of their lives. There's always a better car. There's always more money. There's always a better person to date. There's always better clothes to have. There's better jobs to have. It's always better. But is it? When, you're, when you find the happiness that you want, that's all that matters. You found the best. So just find your, your happy. Not someone else. Not your dad's. Not your uncle's. Not somebody else's happy. Find your happy. And when people give opinions... That's, they're giving an opinion on what makes them happy. So always know that they're focused on their happy and nobody will ever care about your happiness or your success more than you, even your dad. Like as much as your dad wants you to win, your dad's got to worry about his health someday. Your dad's got to worry about the bills one day. Like there's different things in life that are still real for other people. So know that there's nobody that's going to worry or care about you and your success and happiness more than you get familiar. Clinton, you have been absolutely amazing. I mean, I, and I tell you from the time that I uh, came in contact with you in person and the light that you shine, who you are as a man, as a father, and just as a human being, man, I, my hat's off to you. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I do want to ask you before you go, I want to have you on the show again. And sure. because there is so much, there's so much to unpack in, in, in your life. And, and I, ju I just want to thank you, man. You have been absolutely phenomenal. Of, I want to give them one more piece of advice. Yes, go. All right. One more piece of advice, guys. Once you decide what type of person you want to be in this lifetime, once you make that decision, here is who I want to be, what I want to represent, what I stand for. No one's words or actions should ever be able to waver you 
from the person you decided you wanted to be. And if you allow them, then that means their word and their actions are more important to you than your own. So decide who you want to be and don't ever let anybody waver you from being that person. Love you guys. Clint, you're amazing and you're officially off the hot seat.